Lose the Cape Podcast, Episode 71. Hey, boss ladies. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, and I'm the founder of Cat Biggie Press and Write, Publish, Sell. I help women fulfill their book writing dreams through author coaching and publishing support. You can find out more at writepublishsell.co. Hey, y'all. I'm Aubrey Mathis, owner and founder of Today May Suck, a comfort gift company for your peeps going through the suckiest of times. I also help moms get off the couch and into some hills, create a biz they love, and live a life unpinned. For more information, visit aubreymathis.com. Together, we bring you real talk from life-experienced women, celebrating, empowering, and encouraging the woman behind the kids, the marriage, and the business. We know that you don't have to be super mom to be a super mom, so join us and lose the cape. Welcome to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast, where we interview busy modern moms and get inside their brains on how they get it all done in the day or how they don't get it all done and what they choose to do. Uh, Today, we are talking to Bree Noble, who quit her corporate job as director of finance to pursue music. So apparently, you are one of those left brain, right brain people that can do both, which is pretty exciting. (laughs) I am. I am. And I was thinking as you introduced the show, I'm like, I'm not sure you want to see inside my brain. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like there's a lot going on in there. So you were um, touring, singing, songwriter. Then you founded the Women of Substance Radio to promote quality female artists in all genres, which is awesome. She's got a daily podcast, which is doing really well. Number one in new and noteworthy in all three categories and number four audio podcast on all of iTunes. That's amazing. It's a lot of work to get there. It so. is, it is. And, and it's a lot of even more work to stay there. So I can't say that we're there anymore, but it has happened and it was awesome when it did. Yeah. That's like when you launch a book and you're like first day, you're out there taking screenshots of when it's number one in the category so that you can say you were there. Even. <laughs> yep. I got all the screenshots. <laughs> Absolutely. So you also do um, online courses to help musicians uh, learn from making a living from their learn to make a living from their music. So that's really cool. And well, just welcome to the show. I'm excited to, we don't talk to musicians very often, so this is fun. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Well, there are plenty of moms that are musicians. So hopefully I can, I can speak to them and, and any other moms that are just busy trying to do all the things and, and, you know, follow their passions and their creativity. Absolutely. I have been trying to teach myself how to play the guitar for over a decade now. So I would really like to get back on that sometime. <laughs> but all right. So fill in the gaps. What, what did we miss? And wow, from finance to music. Let's yeah, so <laughs> well, it, was, it kind of went like music to finance to music. So I, I started, you know, I loved music growing up. I was in every single choir I could be in in high school. I performed in a bunch of um, like competitions, and then I decided to go to college for vocal performance. And by my sophomore year, I was like, okay, I know I want to do this, but do I know what the heck to do once I leave school? Like, what if this doesn't work out? So I got really practical and I always loved math. And so I thought, well, I'll just try an accounting class and see what happens. And I loved it. Like, I just loved <laughs> that, that side, a totally different thing from music and kind of like the detective work that involves the do accounting and figure out how make everything balance. And I'm kind of like a, everything needs to be fair and balanced kind of person. So it worked really <laughs> well for me. Um, and I ended up focusing on accounting and management. 
And so when I left school, you know, of course I wanted to do music, but they didn't really prepare me on how to even go into a career in music, unfortunately. And so I, at you know, a few months out, I'm like, you know what, I have to go and, and suck it up and get a real job. And luckily I had my accounting degree. And so <laughs> I started working at, you know, different companies and I eventually became the director of finance at an opera company, which was really cool because wow. I got to be around a bunch of musicians. And although I was still like just handing them their paychecks, I, you know, I wasn't on stage, but at that time I started exploring, you know, doing my own music things on the side while I was working there. But it was almost like, more frustrating to work there because I saw all these people that were following their passion of doing their music and I was still, you know, making out their paychecks and, and doing, right. budget, doing budgets to make sure the shows got on stage and all that. So that is when I really got the bug to, you know, pursue my music and also, you know, working in a, a nonprofit during the early 2000s was really, really stressful because the money was up and down and I would wake up in the night and run to the phone and call and make sure that we had enough money in the bank for payroll. Oh my gosh. It was really <laughs> stressing me out. And then after I had my first child in 2003, that stress on top of like the stress on my body, it just, it was too much for me. And I had like a major health decline. So at that point I said, you know what, like this is not worth it. I love working at an opera company, but the stress is too much and having a baby and I need to spend more time with her. So I ended up quitting um, when she was one. And because I did that, I had more time to focus on my music. I wouldn't say that I necessarily quit because of the music, but it was all kind of a big package, you know, like if mm -hmm. I quit, then I'll have more time for music. And, you know, of course I had to change my lifestyle. We moved to a completely different area that was closer to my husband's work. That was a lot cheaper. Um, we managed to sell our house for a really good price. So we had some money set aside and that was how I could do it. And then I was able to have the time to focus on music. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started, recorded my first professional album. And then I started going on tour and I took my daughter with me when she was, I think I started touring when she was still two. Wow. And I would take her all of, over California. I did a lot of mothers of preschoolers. I think I've done at least two thirds of the mothers of preschoolers groups in California. Mm -hmm. um, just, I had a, a speaking program where I also did my music. And so it, it fit really well with kind of inspiring moms, um, you know, to, to follow their passion and, and just a really good inspirational program. So I did that for a lot of women's groups and mothers groups and then at one point I was like, you know what, my kids, there's so much going on with them now that they're in elementary school and I don't want to miss it. I remember one year in 2011, I put out a Christmas album and I toured for like two weeks in December and they were so, you know, mom, I miss, you missed this play and mom, Aww. you missed us building gingerbread houses. And, you know, and I was like, oh, I can't take this anymore. So I decided to stop touring at that point and focus more on building the radio station, which I had started it then and turning that into a podcast and then moved on to helping musicians do exactly what I did, building a sustainable career, making money with your music. Wow. What kind of music do you do? So it's singer songwriter, um, positive you know, some of them are specifically Christian. So I did perform at a lot of churches, but mm -hmm. then, you know, I have a lot of crossover, just really inspirational style music, cool. piano based. I haven't figured out how to play the guitar yet either. I mean, I, 
But I'm like, <laughs> I kept thinking every time I would try it, my fingers, you know, you get the calluses and then they're numb. And I'm like, how am I going to play the piano? I can't feel the key. Oh. Yes. And I know people do it all the time, but I was, I was a wimp. Okay. So I was watching Shark Tank one night and this is, I have, I have bought two <laughs> products off of Shark Tank mm. too. The first one was this amazing woman that I saw who, um, who they made this sippy cup that the, um, the straw moves around. So it's still a straw based sippy cup, but, but they, it's weighted at the bottom. Yes. 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 <laughs> So I bought that product because I was like, that's genius. My kid, I want my kid to be on a straw, not on a regular sippy, but now they yes. can lie down and still drink yeah. the drink, right? So that was the first one. And I don't watch Shark Tank very much, although I enjoy it tremendously. And I have a few friends coming, uh, trying to be on this year. So I'm going to watch it more. But anyway, mm -hmm. I digress. Uh, the <laughs> second one I bought was this product called Cord Buddy. <laughs> and what it is, it's the coolest thing. Now, I bought this like four years ago and have yet to take it out of the box. But one day, <laughs> it's going to be the coolest thing I've ever done. So they invented this thing that you actually put on the guitar handle. So it's like... a. Um, it's like a capo, if you know what that is, where you can put a capo on so that it changes the, um, the keys. But um, anyway, you put it on and it's got these like little cover, cover thingies. So until you build up the calluses in one finger and then you take off one of the covers and then you work on building it up on the other finger so that you're not constantly subjecting all your fingers to the pain. Because that was a problem for me too. And even now I'm like, okay, I right. So I can't exactly be having all these calluses <laughs> on my hands and then not being able to type. So yeah, I don't, I That's don't know. That's interesting. I've never yeah. heard well, And then aren't they colored and they help they you are. learn the chords? Yes, exactly. Yeah. See, you know what I'm talking uh, about? <laughs> I do. I saw it on Shark Tank and actually my 10 year old takes guitar lessons Uh huh. and I thought about getting that for her and they're like, no, when they're young, let them learn to sight read and actually right. learn the chords, you right. know, but it's a great tool for us mature ladies who uh -huh. need to just learn quick. <laughs> right. And well, I didn't even think about the chord element because I play a little bit of piano. I took piano from a child and I play um, flute. I was actually a musician through high school and college as well. Um, but yeah, that whole callous thing, because it was painful when I was trying yeah, to teach myself the guitar and I'm like, oh, this hurts. I don't want blisters on my fingers. But yeah. <laughs> no. So check yeah. out the chord, buddy. Totally yeah, aggression there. Yeah. I, I, I saw it on Shark Tank, both of those episodes. That's so funny. But yeah. So my daughter, like I said, she is 10 and she does guitar and she can sit down and like write a song. And I'm like, how do you even know these emotions? You're only 10. But the thing is, Lord love her. She loves to sing, but she cannot carry Oh. A tune. I mean, it, I'm just like, does she hear herself? My husband's <laughs> like, maybe we should record her and let her hear it. And then she asked, you know, should I be in a talent show? And I'm like, just by playing the guitar, you know, but I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, kill her passion and yeah. But Lord, I, oh, it's just, I've it's bad. Talent shows that I'm like, actually, last year, someone has ruined fight song for us forever. Because <laughs> like, this is my fight song. <laughs> so long. I'm like, I did not know the song was wrong. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, speaking of talent shows, my so my son is learning how to play electric guitar, and he was like, "I want to be in the talent show." And I'm like, "Not sure you're quite ready yet this year, buddy, but maybe next year." But yeah. last year he wanted to be in the talent show, so he 
he decided he was going to dance <laughs> and, and the night before he has me because I'm, I'm, I edit things. I edit music and tracks and stuff, like, not music. I edit tracks. So I knew how to um, put together his, he wanted clips from three specific songs. So I put all this stuff together. I send it to the teacher. He's ready to go. He practiced his routine one time oh. <laughs> didn't really have a routine <laughs> went in and I was like he, I'm listening to the music playing I'm like how'd it go buddy when he came out he was like I just stood there <laughs> oh <laughs> no <laughs> then, but then he started dancing but there was like no, I mean he was just like free flow and I'm like okay if we're gonna do talent shows we need to up our game a little bit <laughs> yeah he did not make it he did not make the cut. <laughs> So. Well, and I, I mean, I think that's good then. Maybe I should let Emma display her talent or lack of singing talent <laughs> just to get the feel of it. And, and I think every once in a while I'll hear a glimmer of hope. Mm. So we put her, we put her actually in vocal lessons oh, wow. and she's learning to like match the keys with the piano and, and it's truly helping. And that's what somebody said. You can actually teach somebody. Oh, you, you can, can train there them are, to sing. There are only like five truly tone deaf people in the world or something like that. She would wow. be number four. <laughs> I love her. I do. But yeah, sometimes it's just, and then I have a five-year-old who can just hear a song and sing it perfectly to pitch, oh, no. you know? That's so it's so, like, that's hard. It's not fair. It is hard, but yeah, we, we definitely, um, did the vocal lessons as soon as possible. We're like, Luckily hey, my girls sing. can sing. And I think it's because they were both in the womb while I was singing. So my first daughter, I was recording a CD at home that I was working on with a group of people. And I would record in the middle of the night because she'd wake me up with hiccups <laughs> and I couldn't go back to sleep like every single night. So I'd record at like 2 a.m. I was singing in the studio. And so she listened to that the whole time she was in the room. The other one, I was on tour a lot of the time when I was pregnant, which I'm not sure how I got through that. But you know, she listens to singing all the time in the womb too. So that I'm convinced that's why they can sing. You know, that's crazy. Um, when I was pregnant with Emma, all I listened to was Jewel. Like that's it. And maybe that's where she gets her writing talent from because right. oh, she comes up with these, you know, but yeah, we listened to Jewel. Not, I listened to her nonstop. Mm -hmm. And then, um, when Emma was born, the only thing that would soothe her was if I put the Jewel CD on. Oh, that's wow. funny. Yeah. That is funny. So I'm going to blame her for my daughter's lack of singing yeah. talent and not oh. myself. <laughs> there you go. Oh, goodness. Awesome. Oh, goodness. Yes. So do you have any advice for moms that are thinking about making such a big leap from a corporate job to actually going for their passion? You know, I would say think outside of the box on how you can make it happen because I, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I'm making 65000 a year. My husband had just gotten his doctorate. So he was, you know, like making 40000 a year as a professor, even though he's got a doctorate. Go figure, right? So I'm like making a lot more than he is. And I'm like, there's just no way I can quit my job. But, you know, he, he did well with my daughter when she was, he was home with her for a day every week. But it was, you know, it wasn't his natural thing. He didn't want to be home with her all the time. So it made more sense for me to quit. But I was like, how can I do that? I make so much more than he does right now. But I just started like opening up my mind to it. Like there's got to be a way. And then I walked down the street one day because there was an open house. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm, you know, I'll check out this other house that looks a lot like mine because it was one of those kind of neighborhoods. And then I was like, 
asking the realtor, how much are they asking for this? They're like, $550,000. And I'm like, I have bought my house for two ninety three three years before. I'm like, what? I could actually get this for my house. It was almost exact same house as mine. Wow. So I like immediately started talking to those realtors and, you know, we were serious immediately about moving. Cause I just hadn't even considered that as an option because you know, you just kind of get into your own little like world and you're rotten, like this is how things are. And you know, how, there's no way they could change and you just can't see outside of that. So, you know, open up your mind, think about like outside of the box ways that you could change your, your life. And at the point that I was at, like health wise, I was doing so badly that I was thinking, you know, I don't really care if I have to eat ramen for the first year. Like I can't deal with the situation, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, think about what you're willing to do to pursue your passion. And and for me, it was kind of forced upon me with, with my health, but I did also like build up a lot of experience on the side. So I would say, do your thing on the side. And then when you feel like you, you're really doing well with it and you have a lot of experience and then you can think outside of the box of how you could actually move to doing that thing more full time. And you know what, ask your employer too. Like what I did is I, I got involved in a band that would practice at three thirty in the afternoon on weekdays. And so I just asked my boss, I'm like, you know what, this is a really good opportunity. Would you be okay if I came in at seven every day? And then he was like, well, now what is this? And he asked all about it and, you know, but he knew about my, and I'd given him like some of my music and stuff. So I'd shared this with him and it wasn't like I was trying to hide this other part of my life. And then, and he was like, I don't see why not. You know, I'm like, I can get a lot more work done between seven and nine before people show up anyway. Yeah. So yeah, just think about ways that you can, you can do things and and ask for, ask, ask for it. You know, don't be afraid to tell your boss that you want to, you still of course want to work here, but you're also working on this other project. Is there a way you can do, do them both? That's, That's really great advice. advice. Yeah. <laughs> I think we get so stuck in, Oh, we have to do it this way yeah. and we're never going to be able to accomplish our dreams. And I know a lot of my friends say, well, you're really lucky you get to do this. And I'm like, yeah, well, you don't see the sacrifices that I make. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to get a pedicure every two weeks or a manicure. You know, I, I oh, sacrifice I those things. I used and to it adds a, up. I used to have a house cleaner when I was working in corporate and then I didn't have one anymore. And I was like, oh, I don't like this very much. But you know, <laughs> right. I had a lot more time to do it, so I couldn't really complain. That was yeah. that was actually one of my first business goals when I first started like actually trying to make a business. Um I was like, I want to be able to, beyond being able to be home for my kids and still bringing in enough money so that I could take them to Chick-fil-A every once in a while, uh, because (laughs) dang, that adds up fast. Yeah. Um, But I wanted a house cleaner. I was like, I need to make enough money that I can hire a house cleaner. Yeah. I mean, I've always believed in working in your zone of genius. So I'd rather work just as much time on business stuff that I'm good at Right. then it probably would take me twice as long to clean the house. I'd do a sucky job. and <laughs> person, you know? So I'd rather work to make money to pay someone else to do it. Yes. Exactly. And I mean, I, I mean, my kids, they're nine, seven and five. So it pretty much by the time I clean it up, they've already destroyed it again. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> it's really that really never crazy. ending pile of laundry. Are you like me that has <laughs> that your kids have put everything on every table, like every surface in the house is covered with their stuff. 
Yes. And I tell them to clean it up and then they clean it up and then another week starts and it fills up again. Like, where does yes. this come from? Yes, but my children get that honestly because I do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> my table is my repository. I so I, I, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it, but that's just not my, uh, that's not my zone of genius. <laughs> my two girls, they're, they're pretty good about putting their toys up, but they will change clothes five times a day. Yes. Like, why are you, why did you change again? I mean, we go from pajamas to clothes, to a dress, back to our pajamas, to (laughs) jeans to go outside. And then it just all ends up in their bathroom, like just on the floor. Yes. Well, my youngest just doesn't want to keep clothes on. So I get her (laughs) dressed and then she's naked again. And I'm just like, Come on. <laughs> what, is this? what is this? She's just a free spirit. <laughs> oh, like her mama. I would I would probably run around naked all the time too if it was socially acceptable. <laughs> it's not something you want to see though. So <laughs> all right. So well, let's bring this back to other um, working moms and how we can talk about maybe some of um, the success that you've had with making courses and things like that. How did you wind up Um, What was the transition into that? And do you have any advice for other women who have some type of expertise um, if they want to launch a course for some extra income? Well, I was, I was lucky and smart because I, I built my audience before I launched my courses. So because I had done the radio station and I, I truly wanted to help promote fantastic independent female artists, like it was a passion so I built this radio station over several years. I did it on the side as a hobby that was like self-sustaining. I made sure that it paid for itself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was all the hours I put into it, but I enjoyed it. Right. And while I, my kids were little, and then as they started you know, moving into elementary school and I had more time, I was like, okay, I've spent all this time building this thing. Can I make it bigger? You know, and I started realizing, and so I started moving into making it a professional station. And then I did the podcast and figured out that I could get sponsors through the artists for my podcast to pay for that. And so I just kind of like did this stepping stone thing along the way where I was like, okay, now I want to move to this level. How can I pay for it? Okay. Now I want to move to this level. How can I make this sustainable? And so I never was like outside of, you know, I wasn't shelling out a bunch of money for it. Um, other than my own time, which, you know, if other people would say like, you know, if, if I counted up how much time I spend, I'd be paying myself a dollar an hour. Now that's probably true <laughs> for years, you know, but now it's paying off. And if yeah. you enjoy it, it doesn't feel like that. So by the time I was ready, I felt ready. I felt like I had the expertise and the confidence to launch a membership site for female artists. I already had like an email list of 4,000 people. So they all nice. artists from my station. So then I could just go to them and say, I'm thinking I'm going to launch this. I'm, you know, I could, I'll give you guys an introductory price. It's like much lower than the original. If you put your faith in me, like right now it has nothing in it, but I promise these are the things that are coming. And, you know, 18 people put their faith in me in the beginning because wow. I developed a relationship with them over the years. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my advice, you know, like, figure out what it is that you're passionate about or you're good at and you eventually want to do a course in or a membership site and just start developing your relationship with that audience, you know, give a ton of value, um, you know, help them and and don't be worrying about the the amount that you're 
you know, making for the hours that you're putting in at first, just think of it as a passion project, but think of it as building towards something that will eventually pay you because now I, I am actually getting paid. Yeah. Right. And that's the goal. <laughs> yes. That yeah. is the goal. Well, and like, you know, you know, it's funny because when you get here, it's like, okay, I'm getting paid, but I'm not getting paid as much as one might think because now I have to hire several virtual assistants <laughs> right. to keep it all running, you know, right. so, but I'm, I'm getting paid and I'm happy with that. Well, you know, it's, I mean, you, it, your point is so on, on point because um, I launched my first course before I had an audience and there is nothing more deflating than launching oh. a course and having no one buy Hello. it. It's Hello. like, I know um, you'll love this. Hello, people in the universe, come find the course. (laughs) You know, so now I have actually taken a step back and now I'm doing it the opposite. I'm I'm trying to build, 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 build. And then once I have those relationships and people who trust me, and when I launched my second course, actually, I I sold um, two spots like right away to women who just have followed me, who've been part of my community, who've been part of that growth and interaction with me. And I didn't get 18 people in, but I got more than zero. (laughs) I always say that first sale is like so validating. Every time I put out a promotion, I'm like, okay, like you're bracing yourself like for that. And then that one comes in and you're like, oh, you know, you really like me. But I think we get so jaded because we see constantly on social media, these people, um, make six figures in six days. And you're like, no, that, that doesn't, that's not realistic. And, <laughs> I mean, and they don't it takes time part. to grow. Exactly. Yeah. They don't tell you the part that that's six figures in six days because they already had 2 million people on their yes. email list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It took so, a lot yeah. longer than six days to get to those six figures. I am For sure. So yeah. how old are your girls now? Um, my older daughter's 13 in eighth grade and my other one is eight. She's in second grade. So how are you finding the balance now with running your own business and having two active teens and almost preteen? It, it's, it's going pretty well. Um, my, I made a few changes this. Well, number one, my, my eighth grader is actually homeschooling this year, which has made it a little more difficult, but yeah. she's very much a self-starter. She's organizing all of her own curriculum. I just have to basically help her with math because that's her, her most difficult subject. So ironically. I spend time with her on, I know, ironically, <laughs> huh? No, she's like her dad. Her dad's an English professor. So yeah. she's very English reading oriented and math is a little more difficult for her. But so I work with her on that and that's mostly it in the homeschool thing. So most of the day I can actually work on my stuff. And I've, you know, I also, my mom moved to town, um, very recently and it's made a big difference. She's done a lot of the shuttling of my younger one back and forth or this one, the older one going to the, the homeschool for classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's freed up my time for actually working during the day. And my working hours have gotten so much better this year because my, my second daughter is very, very social. And so <laughs> she just really wants to go. She's been begging me since she was like, started kindergarten to go to after school programs. I'm like, Abby, you know that most people want to just come home, right? Like they have to go there because their parents are like, no, I, all my friends go there. I want to go there. So this year she's going to an after school program and she loves it. And it gives me more time because before it was like, okay, at three o'clock, my, my work day would end. Yes. And now my work day lasts till five and it's great because I get a lot more done. 
makes a big difference. I'm also the person that gets up before my kids leave like quite a bit and get a lot of good focus work done between, you know, say 4.30 and 6.30 or 5 and 7. Yeah. And that helps a lot. I can do that when I have um, a big launch or something really pressing coming up, but it's harder. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me right now. I want to sleep in and I, mm. and I'm going to bed at like eight 30. <laughs> <laughs> sleep is important to me. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm going to go to bed at eight 30, nine o'clock so that I can get up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then the alarm clock goes off and I'm like, Nope, not today. Uh, not happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, don't know. I think it's winter. I'm convinced. Yes. It's harder to get up in winter. It's so cold. You don't want to get out of bed. At least I don't. Well, and the no. sun doesn't rise. Right. I mean, Until yeah, it's seven. not waking you up. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, fortunately, my girls are in school, so I do have eight hours pretty much to myself. So I'm like, you know, I have eight hours. I'm not going to get up at five. This is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm going to go to bed at 8.30. <laughs> I will start my miracle morning at 9.30. Thank you. That is my miracle. Yes. That's, yeah. That's, that's not a miracle. But I mean, that's how I, I do. I tell musicians though, like I try to teach them to do the miracle morning, but I'm like, for you, I understand that like getting up at eight or nine might be early because you were out, you know, performing yeah. until 2 a.m. or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is not my excuse, but... <laughs> Yeah, I just like to, I, I enjoy the sleep. I enjoy I, the sleep too. Yeah. That's <laughs> the sleep, yes. Okay. You want to ask anything? Um, I think I'm good. Okay. This has been entertaining. It's been a different perspective. I think, um, like you said, we don't really hear a lot of musicians. And I think you hear the word musician, you, uh, you automatically think of someone just playing in a bar or, you know, on the street corner. And there's so much more to it than that. Like, yeah, that's really something that I think is important to get across. Like, I didn't even really start my music career, like I said, until my daughter was two. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's no reason that your music career has to be over or that you can't even start it after you have kids. It's just going to look different. Like you said, you're not going to be performing in bars. Right. You're not going to be out till 2 a.m. You're going to look for the things that were, I mean, mothers or preschoolers was like a godsend. I could, you know, it was like free childcare. Right. Yeah. A perfect place to perform or, or women's events that have childcare. You know, I perform at a lot of re, re, women's retreats and, um, you know, like teas, a Christmas tea and a Mother's Day tea and all those kind of things that often have childcare. So think outside of, of the box. I mean, there's a lot of places you can perform like community events mm -hmm. that are local, um, you know, Kiwanis Club. And, you know, they all have like meetings that they need entertainment. So I, I performed at a lot of those kind of things because they were local and they were easy to get to and they were in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you thought to take it a step further and create courses. So, I mean, it's just really limitless on what you can do. You just, like you said, have to think outside of the box. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like now what I do is I, I do have courses, but I also, I group coach my students that are in my membership and I do it just like this, like we're on zoom and, but there's, you know, maybe like 20 people there at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's awesome, you know, cause I can help them on very specifically what they're struggling with right now. Absolutely. So for anybody who might want to um, reach out to you, how can they find you? 
Okay. Well, we didn't even talk about this part of my business, but the part of that is the membership site and the coaching and all that stuff, it's housed under a website called femmusician.com. That's F as in female, E as in entrepreneur, musician.com. That's the name of my other podcast where I talk to independent female musicians about how they're making a living from music. So you can go to femmusician.com slash income and you can grab my 19 proven sources of income that you probably haven't considered for your music business. And it is even specific to women. So if you want, if you're at all interested in pursuing music on the side or part-time or full-time, you know, it covers all of that. So go grab that femmusician.com slash income. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. In about five years, when I finally pulled out my core study, <laughs> got my calluses built up, and I can play landslide. You know, there you there go. Go. <laughs> That's my goal. I want to play landslide. That's my favorite song. <laughs> That's a great song to choose, and it's a beautiful song on the guitar. It's a beautiful song. Yes. 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 That's my goal. Then I will check out your um, ways to make money because I may, oh, I might find myself on a corner <laughs> with my guitar case. <laughs> singing that song. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Bree. This has been a lot of fun. You're welcome. I appreciate you inviting me to come on. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today with Bree Noble. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can check out all of the show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 71.